you got to turn it around. The Bible said to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Sometimes when heaviness gets a hold of you, you got to change your clothes and just turn the whole situation around. How many of you know he'll give you beauty for your ashes tonight? Then somebody right now put on the garment of praise and believe God to turn it. Come on. One, two, one, two, three, turn. Remain standing tonight. Remain standing tonight. What an awesome presence of the Holy Ghost is in this sanctuary tonight. Anybody thank God for what he did in this house this morning. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. Amen. When we finish this morning and when God finished moving, just remain standing. We're about to prepare for the word of the Lord tonight. When we finish this morning, Samuel was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins came out of the water speaking in other tongues as God gave him the Holy Ghost then Camille Camila was baptized in Jesus name for the remission of her sins this morning we had a first time guest come in this morning I got a chance to speak with her for a few moments in the VIP room she said this morning I was supposed to go visit another church with somebody and we were running late and she said I knew I wasn't going to make it to that service but something inside of me said I got to get to church 
She said, so I Googled churches. And the first church that came up in the Google search was the Rock Church. She said, I turned to my family and said, let's go. We're on our way. She started breaking down in tears in the VIP room while she was talking to me. She said, Pastor, some lady opened up the front door to the church when I got there. And something hit me when I walked through those doors. And I couldn't stop crying the entire service. She said, I found my place. It was her children that were baptized in Jesus' name. I dare somebody to shout this evening over the spirit of revival at the Rock Church tonight. If all of heaven is rejoicing, then we ought to take about 50 seconds and give God our best praise tonight. What it done for me When I think about Jesus How he saved set me free Can dance, 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 dance I can dance, 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 dance I can dance, dance, dance Hey, all night, all night, all night, all night, all night
need no matches. God don't need no matches. Would you help me put your hands together and make some Holy Ghost crazy noise and welcome them tonight? This is a tremendous family with a great, great touch and anointing of God upon their life. And we are just honored that they're here with us this weekend. And in, in the short amount of time that I have gotten to know these people, we have fell in love with them and their spirit. Uh, the only problem with them being here this weekend is that their son and their daughter is not with them. And uh, so they almost got it right. But we're so delighted that they're in the house of the Lord with us. I asked Brother Stewart to come and bring the word of the Lord to us tonight. How many of you going to preach with the preacher tonight? Come on, how many of you came anticipating something from God in this house? Put your hands together one more time and give God your best praise as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. Come on, brothers. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for the one true king. Come on, no, put your hands together for Jesus. They said at his name, demons will tremble. I, I, I believe I'm in a house where somebody needs something from God tonight. Not tomorrow, not next week. I said, but somebody needs something from the master right now. I think I'm talking to a few people that have come to the house with expectation. Yeah, let that go. Let that go. Let that work. Come on. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Yeah. Come on, that's okay. That's okay. We're not on a schedule. We're here to entertain the Holy Ghost. Come on, do you need something? 
Does your family need something? Do you need to hear from God? Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. I'll, I'll get to my text in just a moment. I want to first give thanks and honor to your bishop and first lady. If you do not understand what you have, this is first class leadership. That's okay. Let that go. No, they are first class in leadership. Anointed, anointed man and woman of God, ordained of God for this hour. The Bible says that he will give us men with an understanding of the times. And believe me, you have that man and that woman in your life. They have a true understanding, anointed God's people. We thank everybody so much for the love that y'all have given us. Me and my family were humbled. We're so grateful to be here in the house of the God and able to worship with y'all this weekend. Um, I truly believe that things don't happen coincidentally. I believe that divine intervention comes into our lives at moments where God sees fit. I, I truly, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. If you hadn't noticed, I'm already preaching. This is one of those moments where God intervenes for you. I wasn't supposed to be here. You weren't supposed to maybe be here. But God said, I have ordained a moment in time. He said, avenge me of mine adversary. And because she troubled him, I'm excited for what God's about to do in this house tonight. If you would stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. We're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 3. And I, I want to be honest with you. I feel a prophetic anointing that there's some people here tonight. You brought some baggage with you, some scars that you've been dealing with for years. And God said, tonight's tonight. If you would listen to this word and you get this in your spirit, God's going to put some balm. He's going to put some ointment in those spots and you won't have to deal with it ever again. Can I get an amen? Does anybody have faith with me in the house that Jesus is still the healer? I, I said, is he still the provider? Is he still your healer? In 2 Samuel chapter 3, starting at verse 32, and they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dieth. Thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put into fetters. As a man falleth before wicked men, so fellest thou. And all the people wept again over him. With the help of the Lord and the anointing of the Lord, I want to preach to us for a short while, dying a fool's death. Dying a fool's death. If we could lay our phones, whatever your reading device is, and let's just lift our voice to the Lord. Let's just intervene for a moment with Jesus and ask him for help. God, Come on, lift your voices. Speak to him. Speak to him. Talk to him. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. God, I need you tonight, Jesus. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. 
I, I hope by the end of this message tonight, I, I've cleared up some things in your spirit for you. And before we can get over to Jordan, we've got to go through the wilderness first. So if you'll help me get through this wilderness, we'll get to Jordan tonight. But understanding your adversary, if you're going to live for God any amount of time, it's crucial that we understand who Jesus is. No, I, I really mean it. There's power in understanding who your Savior is. What his capability, he is still the provider. He's still the healer. He's still the one that I call in the midnight hour. I understand who Jesus is. I understand that in his names, demons flee. And I, I understand that the, sometimes the spirit world, we like to give the devil more credit than he really deserves. It's going to get tight for a moment, but understand me, I'm in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we like to give the devil more credit than he's really due. He's not that powerful. I don't know if you know it. He is intelligent. He is smart. But he does not have a lot of power. Before you can take dominion over the spirit world, you got to take dominion over your flesh. You know, I can't get past why people blame the devil for so much when they know deep down inside it's you that's picking the bottle up. It's you that's bringing the needle to your vein. It's you that's going to the places God told you not to go to. The only way you ever get true power over the spirit world, the only way you get true power over the adversary is first getting dominion over this person. I can tell you right now, the Bible says that at his names, demons tremble. So if it's a spirit issue and there's a possession of a spirit as his name, the demons must flee. I'm still in the Bible. I'm telling you that if it's a spirit world issue, Jesus has power. In James chapter 1 and 13 it says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Evil neither tempted he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. His own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, we all know that sin brings death. So let me break you this down a little bit for you so you can understand because tonight I hope they got a building fund because I see the Holy Ghost is going to tear this place apart. When you get this revelation of where you're at and how much power you have in the Holy Ghost, there's nothing that God won't do for you. James says in this other transliteration, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. You see, it gets real when we talk about that because there's many times where I've placed blame at the devil's doorstep and I stayed in the wilderness so long because I couldn't identify that the main issue was me. Yeah, yeah. Look, look he, he never said that the darts wouldn't start coming to you. He never said that you wouldn't be tempted, but he said he would make a way to escape it. So when James says that we are lured by our own desire, then the desire is conceived. A lot of times most people will lose out with God through condemnation. There'll be more people lost through condemnation because the devil has you believe that your past is what your future is going to be. 
Y'all didn't hear me. Your past is what your future will be. But what my God says is that your past has no bearing of where I am taking you. I don't care who you used to be, but I know where I am taking you. You see, the devil doesn't have to, he doesn't have to get rid of all the bottles out of the house, right? They got people that get the house clean, they get it swept and garnished, and we get our life somewhat together, and then we come to church. And we wonder why the devil, he speaks to you more on this pew than he does out into the world. When you're at work, you don't hear the devil, but when you get in here, he's talking to you. You understand who you used to be, don't you? You remember where you went. You remember what you said, and the whole time God is bleeding on a cross of Calvary. Yeah, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody's been dealing with that. I said Jesus died on a cross on Calvary. It fills the low valleys up to the highest peaks. Yes, we have all fallen by grace and sin, but God is the Redeemer. Hallelujah. I said he's the redeemer. So in this, in this scripture, we're trying to paint that, that we are lured. And sometimes the things we deal with, before we can get set free, we have to understand that our own spirit is what's hindering us. It's not the devil. I got news for you. There's those moments where the devil, but people here, you are dealing with your flesh, the condemnation. And God said, I never intended for you to ever feel that once you got up from this altar. That's the Holy God. He never intended for you to ever feel it again. Because his word says he doesn't remember it. We're going somewhere. You hang with me. So our flesh, once we get that into submission, we understand that now we are operating in the spirit world. Yes, I'm going to take some trials on my way, and I'm going to battle some things, but when I know that my God is my covering, amen? Has anybody ever been in the midnight hour where nobody was around you, and you've been battling things in your mind and in your family, but God says, they are my people that are called by my name. If you've been down in the water, you are of his lineage. You are a child of the king. I thought I'd have more people. You are his child, which means everything that is his is yours. In Exodus 10 and 24, it says, Our cattle shall also go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind. In this story, it's a common passage where Pharaoh is kind of outlining the details of what he wants the children of Israel to do when they leave for Egypt, when they leave out. He says, yes, I, I'll let you go, but leave your livestock here. And you got you to latch into this with me tonight. Because whenever you come out of Egypt, when you come out of Egypt, when you come out of the world, when you come out of your sin, the devil wants you to, Leave behind what you sacrifice. Moses had a Holy Ghost moment, and he said, not one hoof. I, I, I believe I'm talking to a mama right now. That her babies, you've already, you've already decided the devil's battled you so much that you said, I, I will make it and go out of Egypt, but I'm going to have to leave my babies there. I, the, the devil said I can get out, but I can't take my babies with me. 
As the church, we need the spirit of Moses that says, no devil, I'm going to leave and I'm taking mine with me. I'm taking my babies with me. I came into Holy Ghost to tell somebody, don't you give up. Don't you give in. It is the will of God. Don't you leave your babies in the wilderness. Don't you leave your babies in Egypt. That's okay. Let that go. Let that go. Let, I, I believe we got something to worship for right now. If God's given you a promise, if he has told you that your husband is coming, if he's told you that your wife is coming, if he's told you that your babies will be sitting by you, give him praise. That's it. Give him praise. People think that Pharaoh was ignorant. He, he believed he was not a smart man, but he understood that if he could take what they sacrificed with, and, and oftentimes it's synonymous in the Bible when they speak of sacrifice and what the text we're going to take tonight, it's our worship. The devil, the devil battles us. God brings us out of Egypt, and we leave what we, what we sacrifice to God, our offerings. And we say that I've dealt with so much and I got so much scars in my heart and so much scars in this old temple of mine that I can't dance like I used to. If you ever latch in to the, the vein of the Holy Ghost that believes that whenever you come out of Egypt, God's ultimate divine will is that you take your entire house with you. Uh, and not just your house. He says, I want to take the offerings and the sacrifice, which means when I get delivered, and I'm speaking prophetically, when I get delivered from my addiction, I'm not going to lose my dance. When my babies are sitting on my pew next to me, I'm not going to lose my dance. Come on, there's not a suit more expensive or shoes enough where when I get my victory, I can't shout. Does anybody feel it in the Holy Ghost? Does anybody feel that whenever your babies are next to you, I'm going to give God praise now? Now. The Bible says that I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, understand, we're in Romans chapter 12, and in all this craziness in the world, there's been many interpretations of Romans 13, which is dealing with the law of the church and the order of the church. But what's peculiar is that we forget Romans 12, which before the Bible says that before the order of the church was established, he dealt with the purity of the church. He, he dealt with what the sacrifice was going to be when you came out of Egypt. He dealt with what was going to come out. And sometimes we wonder why we don't get victory. And I'm speaking to some people that are living in a rut. You come to church and you, you feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost and you just can't seem to get it together. And week in and week out, it's the same results. The Bible said, I beseech the air for brethren, this, this temple. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice in the next word Holy, holy, holy. We, we're, we're not perfect people. We're all just sinners saved by grace. 
But when I tell you that your flesh wants to hold on to some things that keep you from getting out of Egypt, that the devil's telling you that it's demonic oppression, I'm here to tell you it's just your flesh. It's just your flesh, and you've got to submit it. You've got to clean it out. You've got to say, God, less of me, more of you. God, get into my heart and get it out. Clean me. In 2 Samuel chapter 3, 27, we're talking about Abner. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly. That's just like the adversary. That, no, that's, if y'all don't know, that's how he works. He says, let me get you off to the side and let me talk to you about something. Can I get you out of earshot of the pastor? I'm in somebody's Kool-Aid right now. Can I just counsel with you outside of the church for a moment? Can I get you outside of eyesight of the first lady, the counsel that you've given me? That's how I'm telling you in the heart feel the Holy Ghost. That's how it works. And whenever the devil says, come out here. I just need to talk with you quietly. You understand the devil never wants to say something loud where your pastor can hear it. Yeah, and, and the Holy Ghost, your Holy Ghost is working, and it feels weird because you know that you're not supposed to be talking like that behind your pastor's back. Because if it was good enough to say, they wouldn't be trying to hide it. They wouldn't have an issue with you going outside of the church. They'd say it right here. He says, and he smote him under the fifth rib. So he, he coerces Abner outside of the gate, and he brings him out, and he says, let me talk to you, and he reveals something. Can I tell you that you may think you have the devil figured out? His whole plan has always been the same. It's isolation. Isolate. Let me get you alone. That's okay. Yeah. Let me get you alone. Let me talk with you by yourself. Let me get your faithfulness when you're coming to the house of God. I can tell you my darkest moments, it took everything in my life to drag myself to the house of God. The devil hasn't changed his ways. He wants you to isolate from the body. He says, if I can get you away from the church, if I can get you away from your man of God, if I can get you away from the preaching, I got you. The devil really hasn't, he uses the same things. It's really repetitious. He's not that intelligent. It's the same things over and over again. He doesn't like what I'm telling you right now because I'm exposing him. But in the Holy Ghost, he likes to get you out to the side and he battles your faithfulness. He says, well, you know, you already went to church once or twice this week and you don't have to go Sunday night. That's the devil. I'm t God don't say those things, in case you need to know. He's still, the devil is still a liar. The devil is still a liar. The de God doesn't say those things, people. God don't tell you to lay out of church. God doesn't tell you to, to remove your faithfulness to your man of God. So we battle with this flesh. And we say, God... The enemy's telling me to isolate myself. The enemy's telling me to come outside of the church and to get away from God. And I can tell you, when you think you've got the adversary figured out, the devil's ultimate desire is to kill you. 
I, it, that was really it. That's, that's his ultimate desire. You don't have to question no more. You don't have to understand and do, go into deep theology of what Satan's master plan is, is to take you out. So he gets him outside of the gate, and he has a moment of vulnerability. And child of God, can I tell you, it comes to every one of us when temptation knocks at our door. Nobody's exempt from it. But when temptation comes, the only place where you find refuge is inside these four walls. I'm telling you, the only place you got true power is inside the house of God. The only place where you can get deliverance is inside the house of God. Where's your family's going to be saved? Inside the house of God. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Give him praise. The devil works the same ways he's always worked. He isolates. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion, and it's just like a packed mentality. They, he picks one off that's kind of off to their own, and they got a little limp to them, and they don't walk that good. Maybe they're injured. He's not coming for the one that's, you know, faithful to prayer night and praying in the Holy Ghost every service, but he's trying to find somebody that's struggling. He's trying to find somebody that really, really going through in their family situation, they don't have a good example, and they're just trying to do the best that they know how. Can I tell you that in this house, I didn't have a daddy that was raised in church, and I, I, I struggled with that, and a lot of times I made excuses for myself for the actions that I took in my flesh. But can I tell you that if you just get to the house of God, God will provide a man for you to go after. He'll, he'll give you a man to pattern your life, a godly example, somebody that's anointed. So we come into the house of God and we wonder, where, where does our revival take place? Where does this, where does this start? And the, the adversaries battling our minds and God spoke to me. You know where revival is going to start at here? In your individual families. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I, I got, I, I'm, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. The revival's coming from the people that are on the pews. Your children, your auntie, your aunt, your uncle, your grandmother. Yeah, it is the will of God, and that is where it's taking place. Let me help you get there. Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and 16, and as they come to the mute, we're about to throw some gas on this fire. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Now, we, this is a very common passage of Scripture that's talking about David's worship. It's hard to sit still when there's fire present. You felt it a minute ago. I said it's hard. It's hard to say sitting down when the glory of God is burning you. And so she is not pleased with his worship because she's being critical of what it looks like. I love David's response in this. The main reason why Michael really had those feelings against David is because her daddy was a reprobate and she didn't know what true worship really looked like. 
I'm not trying to impress the world. They don't understand. But when I come into the house of God, there's something in my dance that says, I've been delivered. I've been redeemed. No, you don't have to understand where I've come from because I'm going to worship God. Listen, David says this. David said unto Michael, it was before the Lord which chose me before thy father. You know what he's saying? God knew me before I ever knew you. You don't know me like that. David's saying, you don't even know me like that. Some of you were called before the people in your city that's running you down for going to church and turning your life around. You need to tell them, God knew me before you ever knew me. I'm telling you, when you get that in your spirit, there's something that happens to your feet and your hands. You get the spirit of David that says, I'm more than able. I'm going to praise God eccentrically because I knew God and he knew me before you ever did. Stay with me. He says, and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord and I will yet be more vile than thus. You want to tell me to stay out of church? You want to ridicule me for bringing my family to church? I, I'm in the Holy Ghost. You ain't seen nothing yet. I, I'm telling you, you haven't seen me shout. I didn't know you were watching me. I didn't know you were watching me. I didn't know you were taking my cue. But now that I know I've got your attention, now that I know that you're watching, I'm going to be twice as dramatic. Yeah, yeah. My suit is coming off. My suit coat is coming off. Because my baby, my tie is coming off. He says, and will be a base in my own sight and the maidservants which thou hast spoken of. Of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. That's why the womb of the church is shut up. That's where the revival is shut up. Because when you lose your worship, when you start to believe what the devil's told you and you can't magnify God, when you can't give him praise, come on, I'm talking to somebody that you've had some long nights and you've been in the Holy Ghost but you don't understand where God's got you. I'm gonna praise him anyhow. I'm going to magnify him anyhow. Why? Why? Because he's the God that saved me. He's the God that delivered me. He's the God that's going to save my family. You want your family to come? You want those circumstances for God to break them circumstances? I'm telling you tonight in the Holy Ghost. You get more a radical, you get more vile in your worship tonight, and you have faith. You pray to God, God, I don't understand where I'm at. God, I don't understand why you have me here, but you know what? I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you praise. In our portion of scripture, it said that the king said he died a fool's death. Tell your neighbor, I'm not dying no fool. I'm not dying, no fool. I want you to look at your hands. I don't see anything that's holding you back. 
I don't see you. You're not chained. He said, you didn't, you weren't bonded on your wrist. Look at your feet. He said, you didn't have fetters that, that came on your feet. I'm talking to some children of God tonight. Then you know what it's like to go through some hard times. But you said, devil, you're not getting my worship. Devil, you're not getting my praise. I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to dance on the devil's head. I want you to shout tonight. I want you to get victory over the adversary. If you can't raise your voice, if you can't lift your voice, the devil's got a hold on you. If you can't shout, the devil's got a hold on you. Let it loose. Let it loose.
Some of you still playing games with the devil. You got to get something in your spirit that says, I don't care who's around me. I don't care who's watching. I'm going to get my blessing 